Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the World's Greatest Podcast. It is, of course, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Jim is back from putting out fires for Man City, allegedly. Allegedly, we must say. But it's good to have him back. It's good to have us back as a threesome. Jim, did you enjoy your trip? I did, yeah. I don't know if you've seen the recent news quote, but I have got rid of the Deadwood. <laughs> I've sent him to United. Omar had to go. Double agent. <laughs> Double agent at United. Right, so we'll kick off at Bramall Lane. It's where the Sunday game started. The two o'clock kickoff, and it was two apiece with a bit of a mad injury time, which I'm sure we'll go through. But Cook, you watch this game. Talk us through this one because from what I uh, from what I hear on the grapevine, Sheffield United were well worth their points. Yeah, I mean they, they were. I mean, but West Ham were very much the the architects of their own downfall. There, I'd go as far. To say that, um, yeah, Liverpool legend Rian Brewster came on in the 93rd minute, got a straight red card, and then Sofal got a yellow card for descent for, for literally no reason, and then two, two or three minutes later gets a red card himself. McBurney scores the penalty at the end to make it two all, but yeah, this game was fucking, it was just crazy. West Ham were in cruise control in the first half. Genuinely, you thought, oh, this is this is. It's pretty typical Sheffield United from what we've seen this season. Um, they looked like they did try, but it also looked like they didn't have that bit of quality there at any point to pick West Ham apart. And the only way West Ham were going to lose were, were them shooting themselves in the foot again. But yeah, Brereton Diaz, positive sign, I would say, for Sheffield uh, United. He was really good. But yeah, wait until you see this Bru- uh, Rian Bruce to tackle. It's absolutely shocking. Yeah, he does. He absolutely flies in on uh, Emerson. Uh, not so long, actually, after coming on. Uh, it was a clear red card, completely out of control, off the floor, two feet in there. Uh, and then, like you say, on the opposite, uh, less of a, a reckless red card, but more of a stupid red card with with Sufal getting a yellow for descent and then uh, legging somebody up, basically standing on the foot as they, as they ran past them. And that... Uh, free kick, I believe, got cleared and led to the ball going back in the box for McAtee and, and uh, Ariola completely took McBurney out a la Andre Onana and obviously PJ Moel apologised after that so anything else similar to that was always going to be a penalty, they were never going to overrule it and I think McAtee had the ball for it felt like an eternity, maybe like five or six minutes before chucking it to McBurney once uh, Fabianski came on for Ariola because uh, there was blood coming from Ariola's face uh, but McBurney slots it in. Fabianski stood still, if you noticed, uh, after James Ward-Prowse slightly earlier made it 2-1 by going straight down the middle. So important penalties. Fabianski tried to second-guess McBurney, but pulls it into that bottom left corner. Uh, and, and to be honest, there could have easily been another penalty, I think, right at the death. Uh, ball comes in from the right, and Sheffield United's captain, I won't attempt uh, his name, but is is completely two arms around Jared Bowen, who try, is the only one out of the two trying to get the ball, even looking at the ball, and uh, he ends up falling over, and the ref gives a free kick against Bowen, and then the full-time whistle blows, uh, and Real Ferdinand was saying, I can't believe they've not even, it doesn't feel like they properly reviewed that, and then they showed it on TNT after the game, and it was as clear as a pen you'll ever see, that the Sheffield United centre-back's not even looking at the ball, he's only looking at Bowen, and he's got two arms around him. Um, so there could have been a third penalty in this game but it had everything you wanted Brereton Diaz goal on his debut uh, Maxwell Corne appearing out of nowhere whilst his players missing for West Ham scoring uh, a goal and Warbrow set piece and then another penalty to end in uh, a mad extra time with two two red cards and two goals but I thought um, I mean Jim we'll come to you I know, I know you didn't watch the game but I mean you've got to look Sheffield United went to 10 men uh, they ended up fighting back. They went one nil down. They went two one down. They still come away with two two. I mean, is is that fighting spirit? Are they going to do anything with it, or are they long gone? Or is it good signs that they're at least showing it? Uh, yeah, it's definitely good signs. Um, I think they're in trouble, though. I've seen that even after the two this this result, no side does uh, picked up this many points. That what we're halfway through the season now with nineteen games played for Sheffield United. They've never stayed up. I think they've got nine points. Um, so they're really going to have to keep overcoming the odds. But I do think they have shown signs of staying in games more um, since Wilders took over. He's, he's took back over the reins. He wasn't really... I think we didn't expect much from anyway, and he wasn't exactly a, um, an inspiring 
managerial hiring, I should say, because he's been there before and they went went down before and other players have got a bit older. But yeah, they needed to get results there, I would say. With West Ham missing um Paquette and Kudus, who's at the AFCON. Um and Bowen, I believe, had just been rushed back from injury. I know he played the full game. That, that shocked me because I, I did see that he was struggling to even to even start. So you had to get points at, at home to West Ham when they're missing two of the best players. Um, but yeah, the way they did it is, I'm sure the fans will be pleased. And yeah, that, that is the fighting spirit they're going to need. I think if you're going to you're going to want to stay up, with <laughs> something needs to happen that isn't on the football pitch, and that'll probably be Everton getting end of a ten points. They don't seem to be, to be to be blunt. I think all three teams in that relegation zone, if that does happen, I think we will have a pretty tight relegation scrap around. Um, and listen, between them, Luton and Burnley, it's it's whoever can like, literally go into the second half of the season, learn from what mistakes they made in the first half of the season and improve because none of them are pulled away, none of them are right down at the bottom. It takes a good two or three weeks and you're probably out of there. Um, it's just if they can find it, which... So far, they haven't been able to do that. Yeah, I think it would be huge for them to end up staying up. I mean, we've spoken a number of times that this is probably the worst three promoted teams in, in a long time as a trio. Uh, and yeah, they might end up staying up two out of the three by default, like you say, Jim, if Everton and, and Nottingham Forest end up having points deducted. But uh, points deducted and points dropped, it's definitely two points dropped for West Ham, uh, even with players missing, with those players missing, with AFCON uh, and things like that. Probably the best team you could play uh, at the moment is Sheffield United and they've gone 1-0 up and 2-1 up. 2-1 up going into extra time with a man uh, man extra and they've not won the game. So definitely two points dropped for West Ham but a big point for Chris Wilder's man. Yeah, Stan. And lastly on this game, West Ham currently do still sit sixth in the table. For them to seriously consider themselves a European regular in terms of the Europa League conference or the Europa League itself... They need to win these type of games, don't they? They do, yeah. I mean, that that that's... Uh, even with players missing, uh, it's a really, really nice fixture for, she- uh, for to go away to Bramall Lane. Uh, and they, they, showed, they showed it. Look, they were five, six minutes away uh, from a 2-1 win with men missing uh, and with Sheffield United playing better than them. And, you know, had the game finished five minutes earlier, you're saying great result there for West Ham. They've ground it out and against a Sheffield United team that maybe it was the best performance of the season. I know Chris Wilder said at half-time, uh, they nicked it 1-1 just for half-time, but he was saying to them, like, we should be winning here. There's no way that there's 15 places difference in, in you know, in, in terms of performance in the first half. And uh, But, Ultimately, the game was five minutes longer and they come away with two drop points, but they are the games. If you want to be getting into that top four, missing players or not, you've got to find a way to win those games and hold on, and they've not, so definitely two points dropped. Yeah, and very lastly now, Jim, if West Ham did win this game, they would have joined Man City, your boys, on the most away wins in the league with seven. That's why I'm trying not to beat them too hard with a stick here, but I would definitely go as far to say that West Ham lost this game as opposed to uh, sorry, I lost this game. It, it probably does feel like a loss for him, to be fair, actually. But the, to draw this game from a predicament of ultimate comfort. Yeah, I mean, they can see at the end, what, the 103rd minute. So, if another other than a win there, it's going to feel like a loss at that late stage. Uh, but, yeah, I didn't know that about their away form, to be fair. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty impressive stuff. I mean, Moyes is just... He's done a great job again. I think he's got a reason, but I think this is probably the best squad Moyes has ever had. Um T- to be honest, I mean, his old Everton one was pretty good um, when he and they finished fourth, didn't they? Um, he got fucked behind whatever rules it was that meant Liverpool won the Champions League and got that spot. I can't remember what happened in the end. I think I, I was a much younger man than I am now, Cook, but um, in terms of talent, in terms of the two names that I mentioned before, Kudis and Piquet, to not have them uh, today, but they still have got Bowen. Um, they've still got Ward Prowse. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great side. Um, but yeah, they're having a really good season and they're still in Europe, I believe, as well. So um, they're kind of doing... They, they improved on last season domestically um, because they, were, they, they obviously won the trophy last year and it was a great season for them. But this year they're competing in Europe but also domestically as well. So yeah, I'm pretty sure they were pretty chilled out about it.
Right, listeners, that music can only mean one thing. It is, of course, the bet of the week. And we've had to spice it up a little bit this weekend with it being the FA Cup. Just a reminder of that. No Prem this weekend. Okay, to kick off the bet of the week, we've got Everton versus Luton at Goodison Park. I've gone for the Hatters. Luton Town, double chance in that one. I think Everton will try and rotate if possible. And Luton have everything to play for. Then Leicester versus Birmingham. I've gone for a Foxes win at home in that one. Sheffield United... Red on topic with us there. Unfortunately, a back Brighton to beat them away from home. And then last but not least, Newcastle United to go away to Fulham and win in that one. So just to recap the bet of the week, Everton versus Luton Town. I've gone Luton Town double chance. Leicester City versus Birmingham at home. I've gone for a Leicester City win. Brighton to win away at Sheffield United and Newcastle United to also win away at Fulham. And Stan, what can listeners do with that? They can show it up their hackers. Hello and welcome back and it is time for a game and it's a new game uh, and it's a twist on Who Am I? Well, the section of Who Am I that I, I dislike the most, I've taken inspiration from that in terms of has played with and the career path game. But instead of careers, uh, instead of clubs, should I say, it is players. That's why it's called Football Friends. So what I will say is it is in order. It's in order of their career. It's not completely random and none of their all clubs too. Now, there is a chance that the... Say if I name an English player, the person that you could be trying to guess is English. But if that is, it's a coincidence. They haven't played with them for England, like I say. They're all clubs and they are in chronological order. So there's five uh, clues for each player, or five players for each player. And here we go, player number one. Gabby. And that is the All-Atletico Madrid captain. Says a clue there. Andoni Iraola. Radamel Falcao. Julian Draxler and Aitor Paredes and this player is active so Aitor Paredes plays for a team now and that is who this guy plays for it really so hurts I knew who that was well that's why I did I was looking at the <laughs> team who he plays for currently and basically the only few people I knew you would have known exactly who he plays for and it would have given you a really good god, really good go at just guessing this player off the last one. So I have to choose. He has played 20 odd appearances this season in the league. So he does start for them every week. It just depends whether you watch this league. So I'll go through them again. So Gabby. So the first club he was at, Gabby was there, the Atletico Madrid captain. But I will give you a clue that it's not Atletico Madrid. He did start elsewhere. Okay. Uh, then he played with Andoni Raiola, the Bournemouth boss. And then he played with Radamel Falcao. Then he played with Julian Draxler after leaving that club. And now he's playing with uh, Aitor Paredes with his current club. And if you really struggle, I will tell you all five teams, which will tie career path into it. But have you got any ideas at all what any of those clubs might be? Um, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking PSG. Okay. I'm thinking... I'm going to guess Di Maria. It's a good guess, and you are on the right lines. It's not Di Maria, though. Because you had Falcao at United. Maybe they played together, I can't remember. They thought they didn't, did they? No, they did. Yeah, they did. And then I think he maybe yeah. drags at PSG. And then I don't really play. But no, yeah. oh, he plays for I'll you, didn't he? I'll tell you, those two clubs are correct. United and PSG? United and PSG. That's where he played with Falcao and Draxler. So you've got Gabby, Iraola. Falcao, Draxler and Aitor Paredes and he's still playing. I've got a funny feeling, Jim, he's played with Iraola at NYC. Yeah, I think I know it is. Go on. Is it Ander Herrera? It's Ander Herrera, yeah, currently playing at Bilbao. Played at Bilbao with Iraola too. He's gone back there and he started off at Zaragoza with Gabby. So there we go, it is Ander Herrera. Zaragoza, Bilbao, United, PSG, Bilbao. Second player. Now, this one is only played for three clubs. So, what I've done is for the last two, I've doubled up on the clubs. But the first player he played with at the start of his stint there, and the last player he played with was towards the end of his stint there. But I'll explain it as we go. So, this is the what? Player number one for the first club. Gibral Cisse. He started at their first club together. Then he moved. And at the start of his, this in the first season, he played with Christian Kivu. 
And in his last season at the same club, he played with Jeremy Menes. And then he moved, and at the start, he played with Sully Montari. And then right at the end, he played with Gianluigi Donnarumma before retiring. So he's retired? He's retired, he's inactive. Yes, you've got Gibral Cizé with one club, Christian Kivu at the start of the next club, Jeremy Menes in the last season of that next club, Sully Montari for the next club at the beginning, and then Gianluigi Donnarumma at the end before retiring. And that's three clubs there. Okay. He must have retired at Milan. He did retire at Milan. Sure. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. I will um, give you help because it is quite difficult. Yeah. The clubs of the the second club was what? It was Mont Montari no Christi yeah, Montari then. Christian Christian Kivu and Jeremy Menes. Oh sorry. Is the first club Oxair? First one what? It's the first club Oxair as well. But yes, it is very impressive. Where Gibral Cite started. They came through in the same season or maybe one year apart, these two. Menes played for Milan as well? Probably not. Yeah, but he he does, maybe, yeah. He also played for PSG, Jim. He did. Played for a few club minutes, didn't he? Yeah, he's a bit of a slot. He did. He retired at Milan. Right, yeah. Have you got any guesses for Kivu? What club you might have played with him at? Because Kivu and Menes are together, by the way. They're the same club. So it's probably not going to be playing for Inter. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, he was somewhere before that. Did you play for Lazio? No, the other one. Oh, there you go. The nice club. Oh, okay, not I can't. So Auxerre, Rome, Milan retired at Milan. Yeah, and he so, must have retired too long ago as well. Though, somewhere for some Any idea with what country he's from? I want to say France, Dan, but it might not be. Yes, yes, it was not a trick question. He is from France. Oh, come on. Um, you are correct. It is Augsburg, Roma, Milan. So, yeah, you've got the you've got the nationality and the pass. This. Should know it. Yeah, so should I think about it. So a, big, a big clue I can give you is he scored one of the best overhead kicks probably in the last 10 or 15 years. Oh, no, it is. What's his name? <laughs> I can see his face. He scored two perlers that year. It's um, yeah. I can't remember his first name, but it's oh. Mexes. Yeah, Philippe. Well done, Philippe. Philippe Mexes. Well done. Oxair, Roma, Milan. Wow, I didn't know it's so, a Roma. Yeah, he was at Roma with with Kivu. He was in this. He was in the only reason I know that is because he was in the team that we beat seven one Old Trafford. Ah. To be fair, I used to love that old when Milan were in the banter years. That's when I used to watch. That's when I probably watched Italian football the most, and I used to watch yeah. Milan like every week. Sorry. Ah. Um, right. So the third player, he is inactive. So I'll say that at the beginning this time. So Michael Carrick, Daniel Sturridge, John Joe Shelby, Dimitri Payet, Ricardo Vazte. Fucking <laughs> hell. Right, Michael Carrick, Daniel Sturridge, Shelby, Payet, and Vaste. Oh, fuck, I don't really know if Vaste's played past well. I'll ignore that for now. Okay. West Ham's the big one in it with him. He's got to go. If he's start of his career, he's got. You, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking Tottenham. But then again, did, was Carrick anywhere before Tottenham? West Ham. He was. West he Ham, was, yeah, he was. Was he West Ham? Yeah, I'll let, you work, I'll let you work together. Since it's the first week, I'll let you work together to find your feet. Yeah, West Ham, Spurs, Man United, he went. And then it's like, fucking hell, Sturridge is a bad one because he's fucking played for everyone. No, he's not. No, 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 Man City, Bolton, Chelsea. Liverpool. Liverpool. He's played, yeah. he played elsewhere, he? but he's probably going to be in Premier. He has played like... Where did he play now? Did he play in Australia or something? Yeah, he played for Melbourne or someone like that. Right, I'm gonna, let's say oh, you can't really narrow it down because that's how I get fucked. I just no. think in my head it's got to be Chelsea, and then just start thinking of West Ham. So what, what I will, yeah. So what I will say is, Sturridge was very young when he played with this player. All right, so it could be Bolton or City then. West Ham, mm. Bolton, City. My I'm guess, not, no. I was gonna say my guess is going to be Scott Parker. It's a great guess, and it's a good ballpark, but it's not. And then Shelby played for Swansea. Sturridge, 
Sturridge isn't Bolton or City. Charlton as well, Charlton. I forgot, I forgot he started there at City, so no, a bit older than that, to be honest. But no. he was still quite young. I think I think maybe Sturridge was early 20s and they hadn't played that often together before he left to join John Joe Shelby where he was. Uh, so he was at Chelsea. I'll give you that. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, yeah, I think Chelsea. Chelsea. Then Shelby Pyatt. I'm not sure, eh? You know. You oh, know. Right no. Oh wait. No. Oh maybe. Maybe, maybe Glenn Johnson. No, I don't mean play. For no, Boston. it's not Glenn Johnson. No, it's a good guess though. And you, you're both, you're both on a, on a decent ballpark. So I mean, Cole, come on, this is your strong point. Is you got Joe to think Cole? of players. It's Joe Cole. Well done, West Ham uh, to Chelsea. Nice. So you got Carrick at West Ham, Sturridge at Chelsea, Shelby at Liverpool, Paye at Lille for one year, yeah, and Ricardo Vazte at West Ham for one year. Yeah, right. So yeah. it's Joe Cole. Oh. Joe Cole. So it's two one. I was going to say, Cook think West Ham Chelsea. There's not. Uh, there's probably a decent amount, but it it's probably the, the most obvious one? in my mind. It was the Pyatt one. Yeah. Eleven, 11 one season at Lille. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the season he won it with Hazard as well. I could have had him. I guess it was. Yeah. Player number four, and it's 2-1 to Jim. So it's hard to play for, can cut, complete the remontada. Player number four, Neymar, João Moutinho, Mateo Kovacic, Bernardo Silva, Philippe Kostic, and he is active. Active. Kostic plays, oh, I know where Kostic plays. Where does he play? Juventus. Juve or something. Oh, if um, right, so Neymar Cook Santos Barca He's not played for loads of clubs Santos Barca PSG, isn't it? Al Hilal yeah. <laughs> But that's the start of his career So we'll yeah. do that Al Hilal, yeah We don't want to <laughs> disappoint our Saudi listeners uh, <laughs> Who did we say after Neymar? So Neymar so You've um, got Neymar Jean Moutinho Kovacic Bernardo Silva Kostic Bernardo Silva again is literally play, I'm sure he's literally played for just I know he's played for Benfica aren't he for Benfica Benfica Monaco, Monaco City, City. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to say it might not be Benfica if that's the start of his career it might be yeah so let's go Kovacic um, I can't remember what, what, did he play he played in Italy didn't he Kovacic played yeah, for, he played for Inter Inter Madrid Chelsea, Chelsea City um, Inter Madrid Chelsea City Obviously, won't we City because there's players after, so yeah. So he's probably, probably Chelsea or Madrid or Inter. That's uh, why I chose these players because they are they all cross many a yeah. a club. Yeah, they do. Uh, so Neymar Santos, that was correct, and Philip Kostic is at Juventus. Right. So we've got the three in the middle. If he can try and figure out his path. Right. I'm going to say Matinho. Is he played for Porto? Porto. Wolves. Wolves. Monaco. Yeah, Monaco. Oh, yeah, he did play, did he play for Monaco after Wolves? No. No, pre. Oh, yeah, he played in that good Monaco team, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. He must have played in that, that Monaco team. That Monaco team that was, like, decent in the Champions League or around the surely. Juventus <laughs> now, though. Might not have done It's at Juve now, so... Yeah. I mean, by logic, if he started at Santos and he's at yeah, Juve yeah. now, that, that must narrow it down. It, do- <laughs> it doesn't. Oh, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, you got to think of his nationality, maybe, and the club that he's at. So, yeah. Because at first, I was thinking someone like Juan Cuadrado, but he plays for Inter now. Yeah, I've got. I've got a guess, but I don't know if it, I don't. I, I can't really piece together the middle have, part. Have a is guess. it Danilo? It is Danilo. Oh, well done. Yes. So Neymar he was at Santos. He was at Porto with Jaumitinho. He was at Madrid with Kovacic. Yeah. Bernardo Silver at City and he's now at Juve with Kostic so it was Danilo he's had some mad clubs Danilo he has he has and he wasn't a part of the Monaco team Jim no he wasn't no. Uh, he could have easily with, with these games I get sucked in me I just think of one thing and then I can't get out of my head that's, that's the problem that's the problem there's 101 possibilities this is why I hate it on Cook Who Am I which <laughs> he may have for me to uh, avenge himself so the final player we're Wait, playing for Pride here Cook could be 3-2 don't tell Anderson. <laughs> Tony Yaboa. Rustu Rekber, who I will tell you is, is a, a goalkeeper. 
Uh, he used to have like little tattoos on his cheeks. If you know, <laughs> prime Champions League years. Uh, Ronaldinho. Uh, you know who that is. I don't need to explain that one. Kevin Davies. Nice. Dean Windass. Fucking hell. Two great players at the end there. It is. Right. Right. I, um, what's his name? So, what, what, what I will say, this, he played for more teams than this, but these are the teams. best teammates and clubs for you to get who it is without me telling you complete randomness. So he played for more than five teams, but these are the best five teams in chronological order right. that he played for. Right, Jim. Ronaldinho, that's the one I'm trying to think because he he, he flirted with a few teams near the end. So He is inactive, I will say. So yeah, he, you, he must be just, older, this guy. Must just just to give you an idea on timings, he's inactive, this guy. Okay. Right. Dino played for Paris, played in Barcelona, played in AC Milan, played in Mexico. Played in Brazil. In Brazil. Coach, you know what I'm thinking? Go on. I'm thinking Sam Ardice's ball and signed some mad players back in the day. Yeah. And one of the mad players he signed, that was probably way better than Bolton were. <laughs> and I can't really piece anything else together. But is it Jorkaev? It's not Yuri Jorkaev. They did sign him from Inter, though, I believe. So definitely one of those players. Yeah, they signed some like top players that were like past the peak. Campo and Iero and people like that. Yeah, yeah, we're all low. Yeah, that was going to be my. I can tell you then because they they were Madrid, so it's not this guy. Yeah. So, but I will tell you that it is PSG to Bolton. You are on the right lines. Yeah, he also played with Mikel Arteta at PSG. Hey, is it JJ Okocha? It is JJ Okocha. Oh yeah, yes. he played PSG, didn't he? Yeah, it is JJ Okocha and Ronaldinho, the kings Love of me. flair in Paris. Imagine having Ronaldinho and Okocha in the same team. There you go. And he did. You don't need to imagine it, Jim. There's footage That's out there. Unreal, so he played, at Frank- he played at Frankfurt with Tony Uboa. He played at Fenerbahce with Rustu, the goalkeeper. Uh, Ronaldinho at PSG, Kevin Davies at Bolton, and Dean Windass at Hull, where he spent one season and he got promoted, which Cookie showed me on Saturday. And it is obviously <laughs> so good they named him twice, JJ Akotcha. Welcome back, Cookie Podcast listeners, and uh, I've made my comeback to the podcast this week after last week's um, misappearance. And someone else made a comeback this week, um, Ivan Tony, Captain Brentford, in, I would call it, Stan, a bizarre welcoming back into the Premier League, almost as if he overcame some big trauma and he hadn't just put a six-fold on. Um, so, <laughs> but my first question would be not about actually the game or anything like that, what what is your overall opinion? What do you think about the kind of the coverage um, Sky Sports have given it? Brentford have given it themselves, like crowning him the king, making him the captain. Uh, Carragher pretty much said in the game, I think, was quoted that you're just going to give him the you give him the man a match during the game because the game was just about him and that was it. Like he's pretty much just just decided. Um, I found it all a bit bizarre. What did you make it? But yeah, it's definitely bizarre. Although, I mean, there probably is trauma involved if five of his six teams were winning and the last one lost in the last minute. So, depends how that six-fold went. But, yeah, he, he got a, a hero's welcome, which which was a little bit bizarre. Uh, not only uh, from the Brentford fans it being a bit bizarre, considering his very recent interviews about, basically, I'm going to leave this, this Jan now I'm playing, if not the summer. Um, yeah, he, he got caught for betting, for gambling, which all players know that you shouldn't do. Not only was it one bet, it was a number of bets, uh, a very good number of bets over a number of years. Um, I mean, and you've got players that, you know, have, have, uh, like David Brooks, literally, uh, you know, defeated cancer. You've got Christian Eriksen that died on the pitch and came back to the Premier League. None of them got any of this coverage. Now, I, I don't know if we're short of storylines at the moment or what it is, but obviously this was a huge one. Maybe, I mean, I can't remember. Has a player ever been done for gambling in the Prem? Maybe is it because it's new? I don't know. Uh, we've had players banned for kicking fans and for racism and for all sorts of kind of different things. Uh, missing drugs tests, 
failing drugs tests, everything. But maybe we've not had one for gambling. Maybe it was exciting for the media and with it being such a guy that, you know, Brentford's missed so much and does he have a chance of Euros and is he going to go for 100 million and there's so much to talk about. And, I mean, he ended up scoring the goal, which was absolute printing money. Uh, goal and booking, absolute classic there, Ivan Tony, if you want to get on that. Um, should have anyway, because it came in. Uh, what, what I will say is, uh, despite it being all completely bizarre, uh, a little more controversy to do with Ivan Tony, nothing to do with betting this time, but to do with moving the ball half a yard to the right uh, and picking up the foam and putting it in front of the ball to make it like that's where the referee's prayed. So Forrest have written to PGMOL and complained. Thoughts on that one? Is it much to do about nothing or is there something in it? Much to do about nothing for me. It's a Sunday league as you're going to get in the Prem. And uh, yeah, it's just another example of the, the ref not really following up on anything. Obviously, you can see the spray where he's moved it, and there's a massive like dint in the middle from where he has moved it. So, yeah, I just say it's the ref not doing his job, really. But at the end of the day, it's one of them things. It's it's the dark arts. It's only like something like wasting time for me, or somewhat like a goalkeeper, for example, not taking a goal kick and just waiting until he's booked. It's the same thing for me, and it just happens. Sometimes they'll happen for you, sometimes they'll happen against you. And I think right into the PJMOL, it's just pathetic, really. It's just absolutely pathetic from Nottingham Forest because what are they going to do? All right, don't count. Fair enough. We'll say it was a draw then. Well, come yeah. on. Realistically, what are they going to do? I think the precedent's been set this season, on it? Liverpool and Arsenal done it earlier in the year and Neville's tweeted about it today, I think, about how they've written for apologies and stuff. And we, we spoke about that on the podcast and well, and as well, and that's probably an effect of it. What would ask um, Stan or Cook anyone? Is this not? I know I, I fucking hate VAR just coming in and delaying the game, but to me, it's something you clearly done behind the ref's back, and you can't look at everything in fairness to him. Is this not something to VAR just to just to pause it and go, hang on a minute, he's just fucking move that ball like where he shouldn't do? It's a really quick fix. Um, yeah. I mean, they are supposed to check goals and ultimately, I know he's moved the position of the ball where the referee placed it and did the spray and ultimately that is the law. You know, you can't pick the ball up and put it somewhere else. I mean, it defeats the point of the referee putting the ball down and setting the ball in the first place. So, he has gained an advantage. I mean, they're absolutely on it with corners when the ball's not over the uh, triangle or whatever you want to call it. But with the free kicks, yeah. he seems to be really lax. And I saw somebody saying they can't restart it after that, but it's a goal and they can review oh, goals. Yeah. So. It's, it's like a penalty, isn't it? If, if the keeper's done it or come off his line or something, they, they retake the penalty and stuff if he saved it. Yeah. Um, encroachment stuff like that and I mean if, if fair enough if he did just whack it in the top corner and put it over the wall but I don't see what advantage he's got but he, he just passed it in and I mean when we first seen it without realising that he'd moved the ball like and a yard to the right we was kind of thinking like Turner what the fuck have you done with that wall because you could see he just passed it in but maybe it wasn't the case maybe it was the case that Tony and he's clever from Tony first I mean I, I'd fucking love it if I was a Brentford fan because um, he's gained an edge and that's what it's all about but I just think yeah they overanalyze so many goals and we spent five minutes on offsides and like you say penalties for encroachment in corners I just don't see why this is any different yeah I would agree and I mean even though Forrest uh, Ryan Yates clearly says to Matt Turner we need an extra man and you need to move your wall left he ignores it it doesn't really matter because Ivan Tony's already moved the ball so like I say, they're on it with so many other things to the millimetre, to the did he attempt to play it, did it touch his hand and he score, did it this, did it that, but moving the ball a yard to the right to favour you striking it around the wall apparently is like, yeah, well, you know, it doesn't really matter, crack on, so... This is, this is a massive issue with VR. It's one of the issues is how, so to the, to the minute detail with some things and so lax with others. Uh, I think that's what annoys people. But welcome back, Ivan Tony. You're a great player and uh, the Premier League is better off with you playing. Uh, five, two, uh, three, two thriller, five goal thriller. Great game. Uh, great goal. Great player. Yeah. And really quickly, rapid fire before we move into our second game of the podcast. Cook, where does he play next season? Arsenal. Thank you. Stan? Um, Arsenal. Jim? Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I yeah, I think Chelsea will go for Osserman. And 
I don't know. I think United will be in for him, but there's all that about moving out of London and all that. And I think Arsenal are in a better position than us. More ready to go, go up front, go and score some goals, go and win some maybe Premier League titles. Who knows? So yeah, I think he'll stay in London, Arsenal. Welcome back, listeners. It is time for the last game of the pod. Who Am I is back. We've got three Who Am I's for you this week. So best two out of three. And we're going to start with player number one. As always, the questions will rank from hard to easy. Five points if you get it on the first one. And then if you get it right back down to clue number five, you will receive one point. So player number one, active. Oh, and you'll love his age. You'll love it. <laughs> Great age. You'll love his age. I was born on the 1st of June, 1984, making me 39 years old. And like I said, I am active. 39 mm. years old. That is old. 39. Oh, as old as you feel. <laughs> <laughs> Buffon. Is he still active? I'm going to guess Buffon. He's, he's retired, mate. Are they? I can't even fucking think. So 10 years ago, he was 29 in his pomp. Who's still playing from 10 years ago? 30 older years ago, Johnny was nine. He's older than Johnny, yeah, it is. That's very true. Um, let me think. Oh, uh, yeah, John O'Shea. Still playing in Ireland, I think, yeah. I didn't know that. It's not John O'Shea, but I'd, it's good. Yeah, he's, he's not really. Oh, boo. Oh, he yeah. might be, but a bit of Sunday league, bit of five aside on a Wednesday night. Don't know. <laughs> okay. Clue number two for four points. I've played in France, England, Turkey, and have currently just finished a season in the Maltese League. <laughs> so I'll slow that down. Back from the country of Malta or anything to be Maltesers. Um, it's Maltesers. Everyone helps you out more. No. You love a player that played in Turkish league. I will say. Well, a lot. Thing is, France, England, Turkey. A lot of them need transplants. <laughs> yeah. So we started off in France, as always. It is in the order as if he made that that move. However, he may have gone back, but I've not included that. So he may have Belgium. played in France twice, for example. Oh, okay, okay. So, Jim, think about Christmas Day, bit of turkey, bit of Maltesers. That's what you need. That's where your mind that's needs a, to be at. That's yeah. a good Christmas Day. Yeah. He is currently okay. out of the team. His Malta, uh, his Malta Premier League side didn't pick up his contract. Sirens FC, as they're known. Wow. That's bullshit. I don't even know him, that's bullshit. Yeah, they should have. They really oh, should have given him oh, a, a one year. Oh, you both know him. Okay. <laughs> France, England, Turkey. Yes. Uh, Colin Kazim Richards. It's not Colin. He, play, he oh, played in Turkey and in England. He does, mate, for a few different teams. Maybe France. I don't know. And he's uh, English speaking, so they speak Malta. You know what I mean? Bit of English. Um, can I think of anyone? Um, I don't think I can. I think I'm going to pass. I can't think of anyone at all. Dan's favourite. Uh... <laughs> this player is active, but like we said, he is without a club, so he doesn't actually have any any current teammates uh, that you would know. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not going to do that one. But my ex-teammates include Ben Foster, Claude McAlealy, Sebastian Larson, and Darren Fletcher. Okay. So I'll do that again, but slower. So X teammates include Ben Foster, aka the Cycling GK, Claude McAlealy, Sebastian Larson, and Darren Fletcher. Sebastian Larson. Fletcher played anywhere else than United stand. How do they think it's Stoke? Maybe Ben Foster won it. Darren Fletcher. Who did you say? At the end. 
Darren Fletcher? Yeah. Oh, did you? Okay. Uh, Stoke, West Brom, United. Oh, yeah, West Brom. This guy must have played for the... Oh, this must be one of our... This might be one of our guys, Stan. But Foster played for West Brom, too. So, were they there together? But they were both at United as well. This might be one of our guys. Um, okay. This is why I fucking hate this one, because the possibilities are endless. <laughs> it could, he, could, he could be Swedish. He could be Scottish. Stephen Fletcher played in France and England, and he's Scottish, but uh, he's not in Malta. He's in uh, Wrexham. Yes. Uh, yeah. I hate these ones. And Makalele. Fuck me. Yeah. PFG, Chelsea, Madrid. Can't play for Madrid, though. You must play for PSG or Chelsea. Watford. Ben Foster was at Watford, too. Yeah. Where was Sable Larson at? Sunderland. Sunderland. Birmingham. Oh, yeah. Uh, get Obafemi Martins. It's not Obafemi Martins. Oh, don't know why. I think literally it was just when I said Birmingham. I thought maybe he's a bit of a journeyman still playing in Malta yeah. because he was thirty nine when he said he was twenty nine, so he could actually <laughs> be forty nine. We check that. No, correct. You're not wrong, dude. Um, I don't care. Oh, Ben Foster was at Birmingham too. Fuck's sake. See, the possibilities are endless. There's so many crossovers. He could be French. He could maybe Makalele in the national team. True. I'm going to say he's French, Jim. Just to help you out. French. French. Um, I, I, I have no guess at all, but I'm going to... What's, what's his name? 39-year-old Frenchman. So I guess. Oh, Eunice Not Kabul. Not Beck says he's retired. Kabul. It's, it's not Eunice Kabul. It's a good <laughs> shout, that, though. It is. I feel like we... for Watford. Clue number four. This might help you out. I am not from any of the countries I've played in. However, you'll know me from my time in England playing for Sunderland and West Bromwich Albion. It's oh, Stefan it is Stefan Sessignon. Yeah. It is Stefan Sessignon. And then clue oh. number five was, I'm still playing for my country without a club, representing Benin at AFCON. Benin. Yeah, yeah Benin. Yeah, that's... that's 39. Yeah. Is he at AFCON? Wow, still is he, playing. Is he at AFCON without a club? Love that. <laughs> Anyone who played FIFA, I'm going to say 13. Yeah, I'd say that too. No, Stefan Stefan Sessegnon, oh, was an unbelievable player. That's how he from four-star skills. Him and Santi Gazzola in the midfield. Okay yeah. on that game. Well, well done, Stan. You you got two points for that wow. one. Number four. Thank you. Okay, player two of three. Retired. Wait, before, wait, before that, sorry. Go on. Who did he play? Who did he play? Where those clubs? Oh, yeah. Players? Okay. Um, so, Ben Foster at West Bromwich Albion, Claude McAuley at Paris Saint-Germain, Sabre Larson at Sunderland, and Darren Fletcher at West Brom also. Oh, okay. Didn't have no idea he played for PSG, but there we go. <clears throat> yeah, he was in the the same PSG team that had, like, Jeremy Menez, uh, like, Thiago Motta, you know, like, people like that. Oh, like the early, yeah, like the early 10s. Yeah, basically, yeah. Early Paris. Neighbor and Thiago Silva arrived. Yeah. yeah. Early Paris. Nene. Nene, another FIFA great. Definitely, yeah. Nene, fucking hell. Jesus. There's a throwback. Okay. <laughs> Player number two. Retired. I was born on the 24th of June, 1978, making me 45 years old. 45. Um. Is this Stefan Sessegnon's 39? We're getting on us. <laughs> we definitely are. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, by the way, Jim, FIFA 13 was 10 years ago, so I was on summit with the 29 10 years ago. It wasn't. It was 11, actually. <laughs> Even worse. So, 46. 45, I think. 45. Not got okay. much difference. Um, I even think he would be 45. Give me some out of the maths. How old was he 10 years ago? 20, tw he was in his peak 
25, Jim, in 2003-4, around that time. So, early. Early our formative years. All right, so, um, players in his peak during then almost was probably Deco. It's a good guess, but it's not Deco. He was. Yeah, good logic. I'm going to go Elad's Juf. It's not Elad's Juf. Good. I like where your heads are at, though. You're in the right PL era. Okay. Okay. I've played in Spain, England, Greece, Mexico, India, and hung up my boots in Australia. No Turkish league there, Jim. That's it, Mike. You pushed away from the narrative. Um, is it wait seven leagues again? Yep. So started in Spain, then went to England. Then went to Greece, had a dabble in Mexico, went over to India, and then hung up his boots in Australia. I was sure I had it until he said started in Spain. Doesn't have to doesn't have to be from that neck of the woods, Jim. That's just his professional starting point. That is true. And I'm still gonna guess it, just in case there's some mad facts that I have never heard of. But did Robbie Fowler start in Spain? It's not Robbie Fowler. I don't know if he did start in Spain. He might have. I don't know that, though. He did play in Australia, though. He played some mad leagues at the end. I'm sure he might have played in India as well. It's a weird yeah, he in India the good guess. Um, 46. Played in Australia. Not going to fucking play. Uh, Spain. Can't think of many that have played in Australia. Uh, I'll pass. We'll go to the next one. I'll yep. hold us up. No, it's all right. It's okay. Stan's favourite. My ex-teammates include Chavi, Sergio Aguero, Ike Casillas, and Steven Gerrard. Okay. Wow. Uh, that, that, that must have given us some clubs there. And I'll give you a clue as well. No. Not he all those teams he's played for them differently. No one is the same there. Okay, so we're probably looking at here, Jim Aguero in terms of Casillas, Gerard. Okay, so we're probably looking at. I mean, there's three of them. Well, Casillas isn't one club. He went to Porto, but time frame wise, forty six. He was at Madrid. So was Xavi at Barca, and Gerard would have been at Liverpool. So I'm assuming time frame wise, Sergio was still at Atletico. Yeah, it could be national team as well. So as he played for all three two Atleti, Real, Barca, and Liverpool. He could he could be Argentinian. Oh he could. Or Spanish. Or English. Probably not gonna be English though if he started in Spain. Unless he's Spanish speaking. Like Eric Dyer starting in Portugal, perhaps. Um, okay. He's not from Spain. He's played for Madrid and Barca. Not many players, surely. Oh, loads. Why is he not from Spain? That's what I'm saying. I mean, he might be, but if he's not, then he must have played for Madrid and Barca. And what that, that list isn't massive. I like your logic. Oh, okay, okay, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like he might be from Spain. But he could be Spanish and play for Atleti in Liverpool. I mean, there's an obvious one there, but he's not 46. Somebody that has played with all those four. Is is Fernando Torres, but he's not forty six, so that's not my guess. Let it go, Madrid. Gerard, Gerard Casillas, Xavi Aguero. I can't really do. I can't really put the Casillas together. No, do you not? Got you. Got a thing where where have all these men played? Casillas did have a stint in Portugal as well. He did, but. Unless he were playing, unless he was playing when he was like forty-one, because that was only five years ago, maybe. Yeah, he had a heart attack, didn't he? That's why he had to stop. Yeah, but I think Casillas only went to Porto maybe like 
2018, somewhat maybe, 2017. So he would have been 39 playing. He would have been Stefan Sessegnon. Yeah. <laughs> In Porto as well, which would have been very impressive. Unless he's a goalkeeper, which we always forget. He would have played with Casillas. Gerard went to LA Galaxy. Oh, yeah, he's not a one, one club man, is he? Gerard went to LA Galaxy. So what Barca lads? Barca lads, maybe. Barca Atleti went to LA Galaxy. Potentially. Spanish. I mean, a, a Barca Atleti who went to America is uh, David Villa, who again would cross all three, all f apart from Gerard. Jim, I think we're on the right path here. I've got no fucking clue here. Okay, Liverpool. Spanish Liverpool. Luis Garcia. It is Luis Garcia. Yeah. Nice. It is Luis Garcia. And uh, he played with Xavi at Barcelona, Sergio Aguero at Atletico Madrid, Ica Casillas for the national team, and obviously Steven Gerrard for Liverpool. Clue number four was in 2004, my fellow Spaniard Rafa Benitez signed me from Barcelona for just £6 million. And then clue number five was I scored the infamous goal goal for Liverpool against Chelsea in the 2000 Champions, 2005 Champions League semi-final that sent the Reds to Istanbul. So there, so Stan, you're on a collective, I want to say, five points. Yeah, three, two and a three. Well, we'll take that. We'll take that. Five out of the possible ten. Jim, you need to get this right on the date of birth to draw. I probably will. Hey, it's happened before. Mario Melchior. Oh, fuck. Not again. Okay. Retired. I was born on the 13th of April, 1988, making me 35 years old. Retired at 35. Embarrassing. Um, Mika Richards, because he's embarrassing. <laughs> he is embarrassing, but it's not him. Uh, he's thirty-five now. Yeah, he's thirty-five right now. He actually, he actually retired at thirty-two. Is it somebody like embarrassing? Embarrassing. Jonas Gutierrez. Not Gutierrez, but it is Jim embarrassing because Sessegnon's doing what he's doing. I've played in Brazil, Portugal, England, Italy. And Turkey. <laughs> we love it. Is that chronological? Oh, always. Okay. Oh, Brazil, so, yeah, so Brazil. Yeah. So started off in Brazil, then went to Portugal, then went to England, tried Italy, and then finished up in Turkey. See, I need I need a, a notepad or something here. A notepad or something. Next week. Brazil, Brazil, Portugal, England. Okay. Um, Brazil, Portugal, England, and then I'm going. Let's say, let's take a wild stab in the dark at. Um. Oh, that lad who played for Chelsea, Alex. It's a good. It's a good guess. It's not Alex, though. I like you. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Lucas Lever. It's not Lucas Lever. Stan's favorite. My ex teammates include Cristiano Ronaldo, Marcelo, Juan Cuadrado, and Jose Basingua. So Cristiano Ronaldo. Marcelo, Juan Cuadrado, and Jose Basingua. And again, they're not for the same. So they've all played at different, either different clubs, national team, whatever, all different phases of the man's life. I'm just going to go for it. Go on. I don't know why I would have started off in Brazil, though. Go on, oh, give me some inspiration. Uh, Raul Morelles. Not Raul Morales. I like that though. I wonder. Enjoy Raul Morales. 
Me too for a little bit. Um, Brazil, Portugal, England. Can I have those players again? Of course. Cristiano Ronaldo, Marcelo, Juan Cuadrado, and Jose Basingua. And the, and the, the clue... Is it... Is it... Go, on, go on, have a guess if you want. No, 35. No, it won't be. You'd be more 46 like the last guy. Um, somebody like... Yeah, Alex is a good one. He was. That's... I'm thinking Chelsea for the single because I don't know where else he fucking played. Julio Cesar. Played Porto, didn't he? He did play in Porto. It's not Julio. Cesar. He played for Basingua too, uh, for QPR. Basingua, <laughs> Basingua did yeah. Basingua did yeah. That's why I thought Cesar actually. Yeah. No. Okay. The, the clue I'll give you going forward now is he played for Marcelo for the national team. So the same clue as you, I gave you last time on the, the players one when it was getting a bit hard. So Marcelo he played with for the national team. Okay. This Brazilian. This will open it up. Okay, Ronaldo, Basingua, and who was the other guy? Juan Cuadrado. So you can have another stab with the clue, with the with the teammates. Juan Cuadrado. Who did he play for that wasn't... Who did he, was it oh. Fiorentina? He's, it could be. He's played for them. He's played for a, a host it was of... was Fiorentina, wasn't it? Where was he when he was dead good and then Chelsea bought him? Fiorentina. Was that it? Think so. No, you're right. Okay. Brazilian. See, I wouldn't Ronaldo, know that. To be fair, Ronaldo, what United put um, Sporting, not Madrid. Oh, to be fair, Ronaldo. I'd Is he still him. playing? This guy? No. I'm gonna say because I think Danilo's 35, and I think he's played with a lot of them. So that would have been very funny if it was. Uh, and he would, oh no, he's left, he's at Inter, isn't he? So he could be at Inter, this guy, Jim, with Johnny Square. Okay, Juan Cuadrado. See, I hate this one, because normally, 99% of the time, one of these players he's playing, he's played with like at his last club. Drawing a blank here. I am. Oh, Ronaldo. Okay, Ronaldo. Brazilians who played with Ronaldo. Let's narrow it down. It isn't Marcelo, so there can't be loads. There can't be a lot. I don't... They've not had a lot of Brazilians, have they? Oh, it's fucking Anderson. Ah, it is Anderson. Yeah, it is. It is it Anderson. Is. Clue number four was not long after signing for Manchester United, I won the 2008 Golden Boy Award. And then clue yeah. five was, when I was called fat by Manchester United fans for posting pictures <laughs> of cakes on my Instagram, I replied, I'm not fat, I'm sex. <laughs> you got to respect that. <laughs> it also, it does not surprise me that he retired at 32, actually. <laughs> Would you I like? I think he's got, like, pretty sure he's got, like... I'm pretty sure he's got four Premier League titles or three. Won't surprise me. Won't surprise uh, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it all clicked then. Yeah, Porto, like, United, uh, Fiorentina. Yeah, yeah. rationale. Yeah, so obviously, yeah. Ronaldo at Man United, Jose Basinga at FC Porto, Marcelo for the national team, and Juan Cuadrado when he went on loan to Fiorentina from Man United. So Stan, you you you've got a clean sweep this week. A, t- a total of eight points, eight out of I want to say fifteen. Yeah, yeah, eight out of fifteen. Not a, a little thing about Anderson as well. Um, when we loaned him, he was number eight, and he went to Fiorentina, and we signed Matter in the January and gave him his number eight. So when he came back, he started wearing eighty-eight randomly. So David Moyes gave his number away. Not very nice, that is it. Not very nice. Eighty-eight. There's a joke in there about eighty-eight and him being fat. You know what I mean? Being fat, ladies. Eighty-eight. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fat. Yeah. And one thing I would like you to know about him, Stan, as well, is he is currently the assistant manager of Adana Demispor in the Turkish Super League. Wow. He's doing them coaching badges, mate. He might retire early, but 
Yeah. Another one. I hope he's got. I hope he's got a hair transplant and a belly full of baklava. That'd be nice. (laughs) (laughs) And he can be. He can join Zidane for winning a Champions League as a player and a manager one day. (laughs) Yes, one day. (laughs) One day. And just while I've got your attention, it has been. It's been a great pod. We are back as a threesome, but I need to let you know where you can find us when we're not making pods. So. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram by using the handle Cookie Podcast Network. We're available on TikTok by using the handle The Cookie Podcast. And if you can't sit down and listen to a whole pod, we are available on YouTube in clip format. Just type in That's the Way the Cookie Crumbles or use the handle Cookie Podcast Clips. So it's been episode 209. That's the Way the Cookie Crumbles. Stay there.